The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hey, friendo, Steve here. Hey, Lars. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at YouTube.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Available wherever podcasts can be found. And, of course, taped live at the Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Steve and Larson. This weekend, Sunday, 1 p.m. Pacific, unless uh, unless things change. Uh, uh, the Church of Friendos are having their annual holiday party. The first yeah, ever. First and, annual. And hopefully annual uh, a holiday party. So this should be a lot of fun uh, uh, and shenanigans. Who knows what's going to happen? We don't even know what we're going to do. I've been talking to Kay a little bit about this. She's like, yeah, well, you guys want to play Family Feud? I'm like, yeah, sure. Let me see if I can figure that out. But I don't know what we're going to do. We're gonna, it's going to be fun. We're going to be hanging out on the Twitch. Just come by and hang out with us. Who cares what yeah. we're doing? It's us. We're great. Um, <laughs> speaking of us being great, wasn't 2021 a crazy great year for wrestling? Oh, wow. Ups and downs. And uh, we're trying to encapsulate it all with our Friendo Awards. That's right. We're doing Friendo Awards a little bit different this year. Uh, we're just basically stealing other people's ideas. Uh, WrestleTalk had the Google form thing idea. Mm-hmm. And then we we're like, wow, what a great way to do it. And so today we sent out the link through our social media accounts uh, uh, for the Friendo Awards where you get to vote on wrestler of the year, tag team of the year, feud of the year, promo of the year. The link is in the description to this video. It's going to be in the link to the description for all the videos that we do uh, over the next week or so. We'll give it a week for people to, to, to put their uh, uh, votes in. And uh, yeah. So, and then of course, if you're listening to this in the auto realm, it's there too. You can vote as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Moving on. Moving we on. Got, we got we got plenty of news today. I think in part because we don't really want to talk about raw all that much. Yeah, we're just trying to sort of not do that. So uh, first up, the uh, so I wanted to mention this because um, we didn't get a chance to yesterday. Obviously, with the, the it's funny one of the one of the respondents for the Friendo Awards already put my power outage yesterday as one of their favorite moments of the year. Me being in my dad's man cave apparently was wildly entertaining. A highlight for something to else. Yeah. Um, but uh, this uh, happened, I think it was sort of, it, it came out yesterday morning. Um, Jimmy Rave passed away at the age of 39. So uh, Bill Behrens, who is, used to run uh, uh, like in one of the NWA territories, uh, what was it? In Georgia. Um, anyways, he's also like a wrestling agent. Rampage Pro Wrestling. He was a promoter there. And he was close to Jimmy Rave. Uh, posted this statement uh, on Twitter. I'm just going to read it here. Um, uh, James Michael Guffey has died at the age of 39. James was best known as professional wrestler Jimmy Rave. His career, which started in 1999, continued for over two decades. He was a two-time NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion. He appeared in total nonstop action wrestling where he teamed with Lance Archer as the Rock and Rave Infection. 
In Ring of Honor, he feuded with AJ Styles and was the crown jewel of the faction, the Embassy, and last appeared in 2013 as a member of SCUM. He toured Japan with both Dragon Gate and New Japan, where in 2008 he competed in the Best of the Super Juniors tournament. In 2005, he appeared on WWE Sunday Night Heat. Rave appeared in numerous independent promotions, including Rampage Pro Wrestling, Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment, and Combat Zone Wrestling, among many others. He also served as a booker for several years in Rampage Pro Wrestling and led a faction known as Jimmy Rave Approved. Outside of wrestling, he held the position of director of the Bartow County Georgia Peer Support Wellness and Respite Center for several years. James had been struggling with drug addiction for many years. His struggles resulted in the amputation of his arm and later both of his legs. James is survived by his ex-wife Felicia, daughter uh, Kayla, son James II, and parents Jim and Tony Guffey. At the time of his death, he was living in the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area with Gabby Gilbert. Uh, memorial services will be held in Georgia. Um, he was 39 years old. Uh, the, the pro wrestling world has been opening their hearts and memories on Twitter mm-hmm. and social media. Um, a highly influential individual, highly loved individual. If you're struggling with addiction, please find help. 39 mm-hmm. is far too young for anybody yeah. to pass away. Yeah, this is horrible. It's tragic. If you're struggling from addiction or depression or anything like that, please find help. This is mm-hmm. super sad. Yeah, it is really sad. It's really sad. Um, more bits of news. Uh, you want to talk about some McFan- McMahon family drama? I know you and I are both huge fans of Succession. They just had yeah. a groundbreaking season three finale. So this might be apropos to talk about today yeah yeah and you know we've made parallels between succession the the roy family and the mcmahon family um and uh former wb referee mike chioda uh he was on uh, the latest edition of monday mailbag and talked about some uh, apparently fairly deep rifts within the mcmahons um during the show he was asked if anyone spoke to triple h about maybe not dating stephanie and this is how chioda responded these transcripts are from WrestlingNews.co. Quote, yes, Shane did. Shane McMahon did. That's why the feud fell out. That's for sure. It was a thing from Vince Sr. that came around many years ago. They didn't want anybody dating talent, none of the kids, and none of their family. He didn't want them taking bumps, but that didn't happen. I think Shane really had a big part of that, and that's why Shane and Triple H had a falling out for many years, and that's why Shane was exiled for 10 years. Shane is still not on top of the list. Where is he at now? Is he in the office? Is he running things? Is he vice president? Is he vice CEO? Can somebody tell me where he's at right now? Because he should be there. I mean, even with Triple H out, you're going to have Johnny Laurinaitis, Road Dog, and Scott Armstrong running the effing business. You're not going to have Shane McMahon there. Where's he at? It boggles me for many years, too. A lot of heat there. It gets more interesting, believe me. It's sad because when I started working for this company, there was Linda McMahon, Vince McMahon, Shane McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, and now it seems to be all broken apart. All the money in the world probably can't fix it. They have all the money in the world, a publicly traded company, which is okay. The family is torn apart at this point, I think. I mean, not torn apart all the way, which I hope not, but it's torn apart. He continues. I love Shane. I can't say anything bad about Shane McMahon. I love Stephanie, too. She's never done me wrong, but I'm sure she could have put a kibosh when they gave me the axe after WrestleMania a year and a half ago. I'm sure she could have put an end to that, but she didn't. It is what it is. Uh, Yeah, man. That's uh, not really shocking. I mean, a family that that's, I don't know, man. I guess it's weird. Like, you think you, you think about some of the freaking things that Vince had his kids do on TV. 
some of the angles that that that, that were like rumored to <laughs> to be out there and they that they didn't do, but they probably could have. It's a weird fucking family. It is. It is. <laughs> like, look, it man. Is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't even know if it's a money thing. I don't think Vince is, a, is an oddball. So if you're an oddball, yeah. you're going to have oddball kids probably. <laughs> or at least oddball relationships with them. It seems like it's possible. But, you know, you know, at the same time, this is one man's perspective. He was in the company for a good many years, and I'm sure he he's seen a lot of things, heard a lot of things. Um, I'm guessing the, 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 the story behind all this is probably – complex mm -hmm. in terms of the interpersonal dynamics between these four people or five people mm -hmm. uh, including including uh, paul levesque the game um, terrorizing yeah and it'd be interesting to hear you know the full story at some point i don't think we ever will yeah but it'd be interesting yep well somebody will write a book one day and then they'll turn into a movie with like you know a really loose creative license um yeah they'll kayfabe the heck out of it yes yeah dude yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's that's not shocking. Speaking of uh, family dynamics, of course, Jeff Hardy was recently released by WWE, um, and uh, and he showed up in a short vignette that ran on Matt Hardy's. I think it's called the what is it? The Hardy Family something? House Hardy House Hardy his, his Twitch channel is House Hardy the yeah. HFO Twitch channel. Um, so he appeared in a little vignette that they ran over there, and then Matt was on the show, and he was sort of giving an update on Jeff, where he basically said, I don't want to talk for Jeff, but then he talked for him for a really long time. Uh, I've got these transcripts here from our good friend who was over at Cultaholic, and this is sort of uh, sort of the more interesting bit that he said. He said, so what I'm saying is, he sort of prefaces by uh, talking about Jeff's, uh, he has a brief history of Jeff's issues with addiction, and how that relates to his time in WWE. Um, and so he says, so what I'm saying is that Jeff is in the best place I've seen him in a very long time. As far as the details of what went down on that evening, the 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 night that, you know, he was, yeah, was, what, a week he was sent home. Yeah. Yeah. He said in that match on that night, I have talked with Jeff. I feel good about everything he said. That is Jeff's story to share. I'm sure he will when he is ready to actually He's told me he will and when he's ready to do, but before anyone rushes to judgment. Obviously, they drug tested him after all this stuff. Wait to hear the results of that. When that comes back clean, then, you know, hopefully people will feel better about because I feel very good about Jeff. I feel confident about Jeff and WWE. I understand their stance, too. Granted, these are transcripts, so the guy's talking and you know how that doesn't usually translate great to the written word. He says they feel like they were kind of backed into a corner because of his history. And even though they may have jumped the gun with this a little bit, you know, they made a decision and it is what it is. And Jeff did say he wasn't going to go to rehab because he didn't think he needed to. And I don't think he did either. And that's the honest to God's truth. So that is where that lies. So more to come. Jeff's point of view, Jeff's perspective. Um, he'll share if he wants to, when he's mm -hmm. ready, if, mm -hmm. if that's the case. Um, difficult to say from our point of view as fans because we're not there. We don't know nothing. It is interesting, though. And I guess probably, most importantly, according to his brother, Jeff is doing fine, which is kind of the only thing I give a shit about is that Jeff is in a place where he believes, his brother believes, his family believes he's doing okay. Yeah, he's happy. He's healthy. Uh, that is the most important thing. 100%. Exactly, exactly.
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. All right. We're going to talk about Raw here. I promise we'll get to Raw. We'll get to Raw. First up, though, I just want to bring this up real quick. Raw wasn't terribly good last night. It sucked. I'll let you get into that in a little bit. But what's even more shocking seems to be the, the the attendance figures for Raw lately. I know we're in the holidays and we're coming. We're still in the middle of a fairly uh, a gnarly pandemic situation. Yeah. yeah. But good Lord, I was looking at this Twitter account, Purge Rebellion. And uh, there are some pictures because apparently the whoever runs this Twitter account was there. And there are some pictures and there are a lot of empty seats. And then what was the point you were making in the pre-show? Um, so according to Russell Ticks, which is a, a pretty interesting Twitter account that attracts uh, sales numbers for not only WB shows, but also AEW shows, um, it looks like the venues that WB is running between now and on those spring, roughly, you know, they're running their typical arenas, but they're tarping over seemingly a good amount of the, of the venue. They're only, you know, apart from pay-per-view seemingly running, you know, between three and 7,000, uh, capacity shows. You know, like I think in Detroit, they have a show there coming up, and I believe it's the 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 hockey and basketball arena where the Red Wings and, and the Pistons play. So I'm guessing I don't know the, I don't have the the capacity numbers in front of me. I'm guessing it's a lot more than seven thousand, which is yeah. apparently how many tickets were were put on sale. Yeah. Um. So it seems like they are running the usual arenas, tarping off probably a good portion that's behind the A cam, that's not on TV, mm-hmm. and then hoping they could sell. 
anywhere between three and seven thousand tickets for the for the parts of the arena that are shown on television mm-hmm. to try to make it look as full as possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, there's all sorts of extenuating circumstances going on right now. Uh, Chad here in chat, for example, says it was in Minnesota and it's snowing there. Um, but uh, it is pretty shocking to see what's going on. I mean, I don't know, man. We're like I said, we're in the holidays. Um, but enthusiasm for the product really does. We should be getting, I think, a few moments or a few minutes here. The the, the ratings usually they come yeah. in around one p.m. Pacific. Yeah. Um, so let me interject here real quick. So that particular arena where they are in Detroit, excuse me, where they're yeah. running. Whoa. Um. So for a hockey game, capacity is nineteen thousand. So they're sell, selling seven thousand tickets for this place. Uh, for concerts, between 15 and 22. For basketball, it's 20. Mm-hmm. So you'd think for a wrestling show, if they want to run, a, want to run full capacity, it would be around... Uh, it might be like 15. Like because 15, yeah. you know, they, they block off a bunch of seats for the set. For the can, yeah. Um, so they're running maybe 50% capacity. So you'd think large portions of the upper deck and a lot of the uh, uh, seats on the hard cam a cam side would probably be tarped off yeah yeah um we had somebody in our chat earlier talk about i think it was in our chat earlier Mm -hmm. talk about uh being there and like you know raw as a live experience and this is why you notice how often they pipe in crowd noise which is the worst thing it's so it's so obvious it's so irritating but it's like being there live for raw you and I, the last time the last time we went was for the holiday taping like two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's not the ideal experience. It's not even close to the ideal experience to watch wrestling live because of all... Dude, last night when Big E had his backstage segment with Seth and Kevin Owens where they approached him and said, hey, we got a plan, and he said, no, fuck off. Um... It was uh, uh, thirty-five to the hour. It was um, mm-hmm. well. Our, it, it would have been two two hours and twenty-five minutes into the broadcast. Yeah, yeah. Which and that was the main event. Mm-hmm. It was literally fifteen solid minutes later that the bell rang. It was ages later. Yeah. Um, this and, isn't a new uh, thing, too. If you if no, you go to a raw not. taping or a SmackDown taping. The way the show is booked for the television audience, it makes it a far less enjoyable show for those who are actually there in attendance. Yeah. Especially an episode like last night where there is so much talking. Mm -hmm. You're sitting in your seat and the people who were there last night for Raw Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe got an hour's worth of wrestling. Maybe Mm -hmm. got an hour's worth of wrestling across a three-hour show. Yeah. There was one match. I feel like that was maybe longer than 10 minutes and that was the main event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bianca Dewdrop might have pushed past that barely, but everything else was so short. Yeah, there was so much talking. Yeah, it's well, just yeah, not a, yeah, it's it not a yeah. fun viewing experience for the live audience when you're just sitting there listening to people talk the entire time. It's, it's 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 barely watchable when you're watching at home. Well, yeah, that's what I was gonna segue into. You're talking about the live experience, even at even in the comfort of your own home, watching on your experience. TV. <laughs> Larson, go ahead. I was raw last night. Uh, I texted you. Uh, last night that if, if I didn't do this for a living last night's raw might have been the one that got me to stop watching raw not because there was a single segment that was like awful because there wasn't there wasn't a segment that was that was Bailey this is your life bad it's just that so much of the show feels like it doesn't matter 
they have or they'll start story ideas that seem promising and they'll go nowhere they come and then last night they find something they come across something that's actually hey a little bit clever kevin owens comes out punches seth rollins to 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 get lashley dq so seth can win it keeps a triple threat yay there's drama you could get from that there's a story you could tell for that instead adam pierce and sony deville just walk out and say no 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 we're not gonna let that happen restart uh no dq and it's maddening you could have compelling television they just don't in the process it just feels like nothing matters nothing really matters i'll say this main event was a lot of fun i think i think big e for the most part is putting on really fun matches since he's uh won the title um like whenever he has a match, it's it's entertaining as, as all heck. He's still entertaining as all heck. I love Biggie. I thought Seth and Kevin Owens, their segments last night were a lot of fun. They have great chemistry. They do, yeah. Uh, Kevin Owens has a uh, he's a little bit kind of he feels a little bit checked out, mm-hmm. so he's just doing what he wants. Yeah, that's always and a, it's great, a lot yeah, of fun. That's always a great place for wrestlers to be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I thought Bianca and Dewdrop had another really good match last night. They did. By and large, everything else, I have no reason to care because the stories aren't interesting. They're just not. And it, 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 when you're investing three hours of time in a show, I want to watch Raw and enjoy it. I really do. Yeah, it's not like we're watching this and we're like, oh, man, I can't wait to dump on this. No, I can't I wait to do fun. this. I can't wait. To, I, oh, I'm going to hate watch it. I go into it with a with a, I, 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 I had like a bit different of a viewing. My viewing experience was really weird. So yesterday, as yeah. a lot of you know, my power went out. And then uh, by the time it was, by the time I got to my dad's to record the show, my power was back up. So I got back and my power was up. And I usually start around nine o'clock at night, um, and I try to catch up by fast forwarding through commercials and stuff. I was mm-hmm. also like doing the artwork for the Friendo Awards thing, and so like I mean I can I, I tend to do that. If I'll put it this way, I allow Raw to either capture my attention away from my secondary activity. Or it doesn't. If it's compelling, guess what? If something's compelling, you are compelled to watch it. And I don't I don't believe I have a bias against WWE. I don't like some of their business practices, but hey, if you get I don't agree with a lot of the shit that Chris Jericho does in his spare time, but guess what? If I see him on TV and he's been being entertaining. I'm, I'm, I, I usually check out of that stuff, and I'm like, oh, this guy's entertaining me. Certain people can do that. Um, WWE has the ability, and they well, last week, our Raw review last week, we were like, hey, this is pretty good. This actually this felt a pretty like a fun show last week. Yeah. Felt, like the, uh, felt like the A show last week. This week, they had the same components, but it just wasn't compelling. And then my part of, my internet sorry, died for like an hour, and then I had to turn it back on. So, but by the time by the time I uh, uh, I got around to like the second hour of it, I was starting to understand where you were coming from. Like deep into the second hour, I was starting to understand like why you were texting me these things. I was like, oh man, it must really suck. And I started getting into them. I was like, man, it's not that it like sucks. It's just like nothing matters, and they're treading some of the same ground uh, from the previous week. And that was it's my not main doing it as well. Yeah, it's just not. You, you're exactly right. That was my big issue with it is that we've seen all this. They're not really advancing anything. No, um, their idea of advancing stories is doing the same thing for the most part. Yeah. And so it, it wasn't all that compelling. Uh, and uh, and but, you know, it's sort of 
because I'm I've I've got like my laptop over here to keep notes because I I do that. And then I've got my iPad and I'm doing the drawing stuff. And so if I have something else to work on, raw becomes a bit more bearable <laughs> because I'm like, yeah, 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 I don't need to pay attention to this. <laughs> and yeah, so I just yeah. start drawing. And that's how I can consume raw. I would rather do that than just sit there and be miserable for yeah. for like two hours. Yeah. Um, but I totally understand where you're coming from. And none of it is terribly compelling. I mean, let's just let's just pull one thing out of, of, of the episode. Let's just take uh, uh, Damian Priest and Finn Balor versus the Dirty Dogs. Right. The I thought that we were just going to straight up get Austin Theory versus Finn Balor because one week Austin Theory attacks Finn Balor violently and the next week you just stick Finn Balor in a tag team against the Dirty Dogs uh, with Damian Priest. I know because you really need that distraction lost for Finn. Wow, right, that really yeah. advances the story. Yeah. It's crap. That's what yeah. it is. It's crap. And there's, there's a segment backstage with Vince and Austin Theory. I don't know what the heck that was. I have no idea what happened there. Because this is this is here's some this is my best impersonation of the audio from that. It's a pencil. The eraser is around The eraser is what? I kind of feel like the eraser is the important part. I kind of feel like Vince needs oh. to take his own advice in this sense. Yeah, right. He starts erasing all this dialogue. What's the old adage for movies? Show, don't tell. Right? Yeah, yeah. This show was 75% talking. Yeah. And I know I have a broken record on this. If you put forth a wrestling program that you concentrate on the in-ring product and telling your stories there rather than a bunch of people talking, yeah, I will get into it because I yeah. like good wrestling and I like good wrestling storytelling. It just feels all this exposition. Just yeah. people out there talking and talking and talking. What those are stories you can tell in far more interesting ways in the wrestling ring. Yeah. Do that. That's right. what the art of pro wrestling is, is telling stories in the ring. Yeah. And because, it's like WWE doesn't want to be that. Well, the thing is, you actually have some you have the ingredients, and we just literally saw it last week. We have the ingredients are there. We had a pretty decent Ms. TV last week with Edge. This week Less so because it was just sort of treading familiar ground. Miz comes out, he trolls by calling himself a Hall of Famer, and then Edge responds and he says, says some stuff. I'm going to teach you a lesson. Miz uses Maurice as a human shield. It starts breaking down. So there's a bit of story development there with Miz and Maurice. It's probably just end up Maurice like trying to, you know, they're they're putting on this for show so that Maurice and Miz can then, you know, a swerve Edge at January one or maybe maybe next week or something. Thousand percent of what's going on there. So, like, which is fine, which is fine. You know, it's a story development. That's fine. It was actually relatively compelling, and I paid attention to that. It's like Maurice slapped the shit out of Miz. I'm like, oh, whoa, look at this. Now we know where it's going to go, but still, in the moment, it's fairly compelling. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they have all the same ingredients that they did last week, and they've got. I really like you mentioned earlier. I really like. The chemistry between Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, and I'm thinking, man, oh, here we go. White Brownie's got the ratings. Total viewership of 1.574 uh, million. So it's it's point three nine. Yeah, it's really not great right now. But again, holidays. We'll see where they are after January one. Um, but no, they've they've got some great ingredients right now. They really do. I mean that that top scene right there where Lashley, Big E, Seth, uh, and um, and Rollins is a really terrific dynamic. Let me ask you this now. Let's pivot here a little bit before we get into the minutia of the show. Lashley officially was added to the to the match. He is a destroyer. He was able to, through a, a tons of shenanigans, really, um, 
get his way, fight his way into, and it was it was a cool framing device. the The idea behind it, Lashley has to beat all three guys in one night to get into this match. Cool idea. They tried to keep it. They tried to protect everybody in the process. I think a little too much. Um, but he got the job done. He's in the match. How do you see this match playing out at January one? We we jokingly call it January one. It's called day one. Miz referred yeah, to it as yeah, January, yeah, January one, one mistakenly yeah. last week. Yeah, uh, I kind of feel like the more people added to this match uh, increases the odds that Big E is going to retain. Same, yeah. Um, if, uh, as a triple threat, you'd think, okay, if Seth Rollins, well, whoever wins is probably pitting Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at this point, it's not, the match doesn't feel like an avenue by which you could potentially get Seth Rollins that title by having him pin Kevin Owens and then yeah. having a feud with 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 Big E one on one after that, it feels like a match where they're really trying to establish Big E as champion by having him beat the three other top guys on Raw. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um. Uh, so that's my take on it. I can't going back to to Raw booking things like they don't matter. Do you remember how long Seth Rollins was carrying around that contract? Yeah, I know. Like, it was a huge thing. He won a ladder match to get that contract. And then he just kind of offhandedly mentioned he's got his match at day one. And everything that was meaningful about that contract has week by week been chipped away. To now him winning that contract meant basically nothing. Yeah, because anybody could just step in and and get their right their ticket on that contract. Um, I agree. I thought the contract was a really cool. I, I thought, hey, you know what? You can use this to cash in. Use this as like a money in the bank type thing. They did the exact same thing in NXT 2.0 with the Carmelo uh, Hayes. Um, you could have done that with Seth. And yeah, you go back to that. It's like he was carrying that thing around for like weeks. Like why is why do they just let anybody just sort of roll in there and, and, and do it? Um, so, uh, yeah, that was uh, I'm with you on that day one. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. I think you're probably right. I think that they're. They're going to use this to – I think they might understand that this is not going to be the most watched pay-per-view of the year, um, not even close, because it's going to be on the 1st of January. Well, well, I think they're banking on Roman versus Brock to be the real draw for this That'd show. I mean, I've thing, read yeah. something that ticket sales have, have spiked oh, have following they? the announcement of that match. Oh, that's cool. Happening. Okay. Well, so, maybe maybe there are going to be a bunch of eyeballs on it. Yeah, there could be. I mean, there could be a lot of people home uh, January January first, potentially hungover with nothing to do. Yeah. Why not? I'll watch wrestling. You know. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, before we get to the beat by beat stuff of the show, I want to talk about this RK Bro stuff. Like, I feel like for a while they were going on a good thing. They were for a while. RK Bro was interesting and it was funny because the the laughs seemed to happen somewhat organically. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And then Orton, they were doing this thing where Orton's like, "You got to get serious." And, and Riddle took that as, "I have to learn for Randy and be more like Randy." Mm-hmm. And it was superficial stuff he's gonna start doing his moves doing his pose where drew gulak's tights and say that I look like randy orton now and then lately they've completely gotten away from that and i feel like they've kind of lost the story and the process yeah now it's just all matt riddle seemingly distracted by anything and everything mm-hmm. and it, it's kind of lost the heart of the story where orton is telling riddle you need to focus on what matters which is these belts and here, sit under my learning tree. I will teach you how to do that if the story was going to be so Riddle can get the superficial stuff. He could do the moves, but at his heart, he's not Randy Orton. You know, he's not the Viper. He's not the Apex Predator. And without that, they can never really be on the same page. 
and that's how it falls apart. And that's interesting. And maybe they're still going down that road. They're just, they're just buying themselves some time with all this other stuff. Yeah, no, that, that's what it is. I think they, I do think that they are waiting for the right time. And I don't know if it's going to be because I could see. I, look, I think Brock's probably going to win the Rumble, but Brock could win. Brock could win the title at day one. I still think that might be the thing. In which case, Roman might win the thing, or he might just have a rematch at whatever. Um, yeah. I, I think that the, I think that they are pushing Orton Riddle. Because right now it is really over and it's really rare that they do like a Seth Rollins turning on the shield thing where they take the biggest, the, the most popular thing and they turn it on its head. Randy Orton and Riddle are, especially Randy, are really over right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that they are simply spinning their wheels, milking what they can out of it until the time they feel is right. And so in the meantime, yeah, the, the story is going to take us a, a backseat to just, hey, let's entertain the people with their chemistry because they do have pretty terrific chemistry. They do have great chemistry, but, you know, it's it's not like as over as what they are and as fun as they can be. Mm. It's, I, you know, I, I I don't have numbers in front of me. Is that translating into like serious merch sales? Uh, that would rating, not shock me. That would ratings shock bumps, me. you know, stuff like that. Um. Because outside of that, I mean, I saw one dude uh, at the show yesterday that had an RK Bros uh, hoodie on. It's one thing. It, it, it is one of the very few things that you can tell is getting an organic pop in the crowd. I mean, we saw it last week on SmackDown when that crowd the entire time was just chanting for Randy. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it's rare that WWE on their programming gets really actual organic. Oh, we're waking up now because something we like is out there reactions. Bianca's, yeah. I think, kind of one of them. I think Bianca's kind of one yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think so. And uh, and then I think the other one is totally RK Bro. And so I think they can point, they can look at that and be like, okay, we're not getting a lot of reactions from a lot of things. We kind of need to ride this for what. We yeah, can. I just kind of wish they could kind of find a way to have their cake and eat it too, as it advanced the overall story they want to tell, without kind of getting lost in these side quests, if you will. Yeah, that. but the next thing is just going to be the turn. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying you find, you know, the, you have a staff of writers. Find a way you can advance the story of of of, of them being on the same page, but yet kind of not. What is this shit? And then <laughs> this is what this is what Vince thinks your writers. What is without this these shit? without these comedy bits that I don't know just aren't working. I don't feel the comedy bits the last few weeks have worked have hit the way they had before. Where's my eraser? My just eraser. Feel, is the important yeah, part. Yeah, the important bit. Uh, I just don't feel like it's. it's just don't feel like it's working as well as it was. Was it intentional for Austin Theory to be sitting there with his legs like wide open and Vince looking like he's reaching under? <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Right? Like I, I was like, okay, this is just an odd way to stage this. Some weird blocking, yes, for that. Some weird blocking because it looks like, say, it looks like. Vince was going for his uh, uh, looked like he was trying to manscape him. <laughs> he was going for his below the waist grooming there. Then <clears throat> he pulled out a pencil. Anyways, let's just do. Let's just get into this. Let's dive into it here. It started off uh, with uh, Lashley and MVP. Lashley that that suit Lashley was wearing. Oh, that suit was amazing. It was it, like it was like not color safe for television. It was it so was bright. literally it was burning awesome. into my TV. It was so great. I'm going to draw the line at that point and say just because this thing is not color safe doesn't mean it's great. He needs to dial it down a little bit. 
it was it, i liked it not just because of color because the fabric has some texture to it that's what i really liked about. oh man it was killing my eyes dude oh loved it loved it <laughs> so they like that they start the show i'm i'm truncating a lot of this by the way yeah I'm I was say the, it was about 23 minutes before we had our first in-ring action last night I, yeah. once I, I realized we we're getting a lot of talking i kind of kept track of 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 the clock oh yeah i do that sometimes too uh so it was about 23 minutes i think MVP says Lashley's the most feared man in the WWE. He's like the candy man, but you don't have to say his name three times for him to appear. He should be in the January 1 match. Kevin Owens comes out, says, iron my spot in the match. You want to talk about disrespect? Laying me out when I was already laid out is disrespectful. I'm going to be the champion WWE Universe deserves. Seth comes out, interrupts Kevin Owens, says, Lashley, I respect your suit game. And as much as I hate to say this, though, I agree with Kevin Owens who also, by the way, shouldn't be in this match. Lashley says, if you don't want me in this match, the two of you need to take me out. And Seth and Kevin are like, hey, we're kind of on the same page right here. Kevin Owens is like, why don't we take him out? And Seth's like, good idea, Kevin. And Kevin says, okay, you go first. You're faster, and I'll get your back. He's going to attack you. So they're sort of arguing. Big E comes out. He says, the two of you might be afraid of Lashley, but I have beat him before. I have no problem beating him a second time. Pierce and Sonya come out. Say, uh, we're not afraid to dole out fines and suspensions, but Sonia says, hey, a fatal four-way sounds great. Lashley's going to be added to the match if he can beat Big E, Kevin Owens, and Seth Rollins all tonight. And and scene. Yeah, good job paraphrasing all that. Thanks. Because it was long. It was very long. long. It was very long. long. Yeah. You want wrestling? Guess what? You're going to have to wait because we got to go backstage with RK Bro. Bro. Uh, Riddle is still obsessed with these blazers that they had last week. They have sentimental value to him now. But he says, hey, Randy, don't worry. I've been watching a lot of tape, and the ideas are flowing. And Orton's like, I hope you're, you mean you're watching tape on our potential opponents for day one, not tape of you wearing the blazers. And Riddle says, well, I've been watching tape of both. And Riddle tells, uh, or sorry, Orton tells Riddle, your broadcasting career was over before it began. Got a list of priorities. Top of that list has to be keeping these tag titles. Riddle says, yes, I agree. But I think we should start a podcast because Pat McAfee got that huge deal or we should be shamans. At least they reference NXT there. That's true. Uh, Orton says, no. Also, you got to stop hanging out with those jackasses. Uh, Riddle says, imagine if I was in one of those jackass movies. And Orton says, hmm, come to think of it, you are a jackass. You should be in the movie, but this is reality. Tonight, you got to face Otis. Uh, if you uh, put your focus at 100, tonight, you'll get that W. And then one day in the distant future, Maybe I will allow you, Matt Riddle, to put that blazer back on me, Randall Keithorpe. Speaking of distant future, still no wrestling because backstage, Sonia and Pierce explains uh, that Lashley, she's, they're, they're talking to the three uh, Owens, Rollins, and Big E, says, listen, guys, Lashley has to beat all of us to get in the match. Kevin Owens, your match is up first. And then we had our first bit of in-ring action. Oh, did I miss something? Oh, okay. Uh, we had Riddle versus Otis. Um, Otis crushed Riddle against the barricade as Raw rolls on. In the end, Riddle tries for an RKO. Instead, eats Otis's finish. Randy comes in, tries to RKO Otis after the match. Uh, Otis is able to push him off, and he runs right into RKOing Chad Gable, which was a pretty cool spot. Um, Dude, I... This I, I I really like. We've been obviously pretty negative in this episode. I don't mean to pile on the negativity. Otis is a monster. Just doesn't he was he he was booked so perfectly as the comedy guy. I know I've said this before, 
time and time again, I don't care how many victories he gets over people, how much offense he no-sells, he could get a clean one-on-one win. I'll be honest, over Brock, over Roman, I'm still not buying it. I look at his face and I still just, oh, yeah. I still just see that guy. Maybe it's because mm-hmm. I want to see that guy. I don't, but I'm kind of curious. And let me, hey, chat, YouTube comments on Twitter. Does anybody actually buy Otis as a monster these days? Do you are, do you feel it at all? No, but also I think part of that, because I know there's a ceiling that doesn't extend beyond the mid card for this particular iteration <laughs> of the character. So why should I get invested even if I'm into it? You know, if he beat Roman clean tomorrow and won the Universal Championship. Yeah. Would it would, would it compute in your head? No, not at all. Yeah, right. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app. Or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Not at all. Yeah. Not I, bought, I bought Jinder more than I buy Otis. You know, I was like, oh, he's got the Coloss. Like, remember when out of nowhere, like, the Coloss was like this devastating move? Yeah. It's like he's got the, he's running interference with the Bollywood boys, and he's got the Coloss. Okay, I can buy it. Yeah. Oh, Otis, I don't even feel that. No. No. No, I don't buy it either. Yeah. Uh, we got another match next. Bianca Belair versus Dewdrop. This is solid. They had plenty of references to their match last week. Which I always appreciate that. Uh, before we get the match, though, guess what? More talking. Bianca has a promo. Uh, pretty much says uh, a lot of people talk that talk, but they don't walk the walk. Except for Dewdrop, she walked out of their match last week. Right, was about she is going to get dropped. She's been attacking me for weeks behind my back. Uh, but uh, she's not going to let her walk away from the fact that uh, Bianca says that she's going to whoop her ass because she's the EST. Dewdrop has a picture picture while she's making her entrance. She's talking about how she's overcome so much, yet all anyone wants to talk about is Bianca. It's time for someone else to step up, take away that spotlight. Uh, that's going to be her. Again, the, uh, there was a bit last week where Dewdrop sent to the apron. Bianca does the, the handspring heel kick that knocks her to the floor. Bianca tries the same thing. This time, Dewdrop's ready, traps her against the ropes, stretches her over the rope a little bit, hits a Mishinoku driver, gets two. Uh, Dewdrop's looking for a Vader bomb. Instead, Bianca ramps her face in the ring post power bombs are off the, the second rope hits a 450 to get the win and while Bianca celebrating on the stage do drop a texter from behind this is this is my probably my feud of raw right now because I really I've like you said when you can reference old matches when you have a rematch that's great that's awesome Bianca going up there finding her opportunity and selling that she has a moment in time where she can maybe put this monster away because I mm-hmm. buy do drop I buy her she hits that 450, and the crowd legitimately was freaking out over it. I like that. That's good yeah. stuff. Yeah. It is good stuff. It is good stuff. 
so next we got Kevin Owens interview. He, he just pretty much calls everything trash. The situation's trash. Lashley getting out of this ti- this match, uh, or potentially getting out of the title match, trash. Him having to wrestle Lashley first is trash. City of St. Paul is trash. Says, but the good news is I get to go out there and put it into this right away. Make sure Lashley isn't added to the match. Even better. I get to go to day one with WBI, WWE title. And that, it's no lie. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so after that, we had uh, we had this Kevin segment. Knows. We had, yeah, but we had that segment with like the next in line class. They're all like oh, uh, the, the, the college the NIL stuff. class. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're all like, oh, look at this guy. He's 6'3". He's going to be monster. I'm like, dude, I know. That's great for them. Hey. That's great for these kids. It's awesome. But like I gotta wait till like twenty twenty three before I see him on my TV. Dude, no, the way they're going now on NXT, they're gonna be there for two months. And they're gonna be out in the ring. You can get to know these people real quick. It was what February to, uh, to October, so eight months. Eight months, and they're gonna debut in NXT. Yeah, all right. That so maybe Gable Stevenson. He was there last night. He was there last night. They're gonna give him a main roster thing. Like yeah, they whenever are. he's ready. But I yeah, think I think isn't the NI aren't they aren't these people still sort of in the same deal as Gable Stevenson and that like they they still have to finish up their college stuff and then they'll get time in WWE PC yeah. and then if they're good they'll give, so it's like they've got this yeah, yeah. screen of like twenty people yeah and it's like okay good for them that's great that's awesome yeah totally. it's not exactly Keith Lee sitting in the crowd at Takeover though is it you know no. it's like oh no. I can get excited about this. You show me a bunch of randos who have relatively imp- impressive body types and resumes. Uh, I don't know. I don't mean to be shitty. Good for them. Yeah, good, just, good, just, for, good for the college athletes because I'm, I'm happy there's an avenue by which they can make some money. Uh, uh, that's you know. true. That's true. So I'm happy for, I'm happy for, happy for the student athletes. Money's good. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Owens versus Lashley was next. I actually quite like the way this ended. Kevin's getting manhandled for most of this match. And then Bobby uh, Bobby Lashley goes for the hurt lock. Before he gets the first hand in, before he gets the second locked in, Kevin Owens just taps. He's like, yep, no, I'm yeah. out of here. And and yeah, they yeah. kayfabe it later on. I actually liked how this match finished. Yeah, I, did, I didn't mind it. It's kind of – you have Kevin Owens versus Bob Lashley. You have Seth Rollins versus Bob Lashley. You can get 10, 12-minute really good matches there. Fill mm-hmm. up some time. Less talking. And you could have the finishes be the same. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's like – Instead, we get, what, three minutes, five minutes, maybe this? Seth-Bob Lashley match was short. It was, yeah. It was, yeah. It was kind of I want to see these wrestlers wrestle. Yeah, That's what I want to see. I agree. Uh, after that, Sonya is backstage with Seth. Says, you're up next. But before the, he actually had his match, we had a, a Becky Lynch promo. Says, uh, you know, talking to the crowd, talking down to the crowd, saying, you know, the crowd never knows what you want. Some of them, some of you guys wanted Liv to win. I'm sorry. Some of you wanted me to win. Most of you wanted Liv to win. Uh, she says, "You all have opinions on me, but you never. But your opinions don't matter because you never changed the game like I did. You've never been in this ring. You've never broken gender barriers because in here it's evolution, baby. And if you don't evolve, you'll just end up disappointing your fans." She says she brings up uh, the Liv, the the young Liv fan who was in the crowd last mm-hmm. week. She says. She brings up her picture on the thing. She says, all your doubters can get used to looking like that, though, because I'm going to be champion for a very long time. 
Liv comes out. She says, you keep saying everyone would doubt me if I became Raw Women's Champion, but the only person doubting me is you, and you doubting me is a reason you had to cheat to win. She says, I have a photo to prove my point. She shows a picture of Becky holding onto the rope from last week. She says, you're the best at cheating to win, and Becky's like laughing it off. Another person laughing it off is this crazy Becky Lynch uh, child <laughs> fan who was just given live the business. I Dude. could not focus on what Liv was saying. I know. This girl's like, boo, you suck. Becky's the best. She I is know. head to toes. Like, I love this this yeah, person, pretty, this little kid, because they are cracking me up right now. It was pretty it was pretty funny. Yeah, it was pretty great. And then she so had right, to move I'm, because the camera's like trying to, to crop the girl out, but you still hear Becky rules, you fucking yeah. suck, Liv. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here taking notes, trying to listen to Liv talk. And I keep on hearing somebody scream at Liv. Yeah, Becky's the best. I Becky's up, the best. Like, oh. You're a sack of shit. It's that kid there, you know, as you mentioned, all Becky. Why is this eight year old screaming at Liv that she's a sack of shit? <laughs> what? Who's, who's raising this kid? Oh man, but I loved. It. I thought that was. I thought that was absolutely great. Uh, so Liv just keeps on talking. Uh, and uh, she goes on about making the title. She wants to make the title mean something for people like that little girl. But then when she says that little girl, I just think of that. What that little Becky fan over there? Were you crazy? Yeah. yeah. Um, that title means something to her. She says, uh, if you're big time Becky, she'll accept the rematch at January one. Becky says, nah, I didn't do that cheating stuff because I had to do it. So I did it because it was easy. And I'm like, oh, it makes sense. She says, don't blame me for grabbing the ropes. Blame yourself for not being ready for it. You knew I'd do something like that and you didn't prepare for it, you're not ready. All you proved is you don't have the killer instinct. You did the same thing you always do. Absolutely nothing. And on that, Liv attacks. Uh, 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 she rips into Becky, sends her to the outside. They go to the outside. Becky gets the upper hand, rams her into the ring steps, stomps her arm, has a cartoonish weird fall that happens, gets back up, and then uh, goes back to stomping. I thought that was supposed to be a drop kick to the ring steps. I, I went back and replayed it. Honestly, if if it was, it just looked like she slipped and fell. But it that could have been a drop kick, I guess. I could be wrong there. But, man, I watched. I was like, what the hell was that? I noticed that, too. And I was like, well, she had to be kicking the, the, the ring steps or something. That's the only thing that made sense. I mean, look, the camera didn't really catch it that much. So mm-hmm. whatever it was. Oh, Fightful Gaming is rating us. What's up, oh, friendos? Thank, you, so thank you very much. Hello. Um, FTW here in chat says the camera cut made it look like she fell. I did go back and watch it and I was like, that, that looked like a fall, but my brain wasn't processing drop kicks. So maybe it was supposed to be that. I don't know. Um, in any event, she goes back to stop and she recovers pretty nicely, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, she says, Oh, look, Liv, it looks like you injured yourself. So if you still want the match, you're on. And now there's no able bodied women around. I'm going home. Um, and that match was booked for uh, for January one, so that that match yeah. is happening. So Liv's gonna walk in, I guess, with a busted, whatever. Busted what, what did they say they're kayfabe in that as like a bruise and a strained ligament? I okay. believe. All right, there I believe. Yeah. Uh, after that, we had an AJ Styles interview. He's asked about the uh, the issues he and Amos had last week, and he pretty much just said, "I'm not gonna give him, give up on this team. Uh, Amos has got too much talent." Uh, he, he says, "I've been in this business a long time, never seen anyone like Amos." He says, if things go bad, that's on me. I'm the one that's supposed to show Amos the right way to do things. And so if he doesn't do it, then that's on me. That's essentially what he's saying. Uh, he says, when I discovered Amos, I, did, I didn't bring him in just to boost my own career. I did it to give back. It's an investment. He says, but the longer they've been together, he realized that Amos is a good kid and he wants to see him succeed. And Amos steps in. He puts his arm around AJ, asks if they're good. AJ says, we're golden. 
not giving up on this team. And Amos says, I'm not either. Yeah, AJ's totally giving up on that team. I wonder also if that's why they'd postpone RK Bro split because they have another prominent split that's going to happen probably before then, and that's AJ Styles on Amos. It could be. This is a wonderfully heartfelt promo, but AJ's a bad guy, so he's totally going to turn on Amos. Yeah. Um, after that, we have the 24-7 stuff. I'm going to run through this. So Reggie and Dana are walking in the park. Uh, he's uh, trying to get her to go out to have some uh, like hot cocoa with him or something. Yeah, because he says uh, he, has, he has some advice yeah. for her. Yeah, as far as how to be 24-7 champion, hold the belt for, I think he said he had it for 100 days. Yeah, so Truth and uh, Akira Tozawa show up in costumes, like Christmas costumes. They fight. Tamina tries to attack Dana. Dana's able to fend her off. Her and Reggie both, like, jump. They, like, trampoline away or something. It was actually kind of funny. You see Dana going, like, bow into the snow. Yeah. And Reggie oh, does the same thing with a big flip. Reggie does the flip, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then Tamina yells at Truth and, and, and Akira Tozawa. Silly stuff, but at least it's pretty short. It is short. Uh, speaking of short, we had Finn Balor and Damian Priest uh, teaming up for some reason. Although they, they, it's a cool team. Yeah, they're super cool. It's a cool team. I don't, why, cool. I don't know why they're don't know why they're teaming up in this. So season, we I know guess. that like Dolph attacked Priest after the win against. I get all that, Bob. Yeah, yeah. This really should have been a Damian Priest. Dolph Ziggler one on one bout, and then Finn Balor versus Austin Theory one on one bout. Those should have been the matches. Yeah, Finn has nothing to do with the dirty. Dogs. Not that I'm aware of. No, he fought T Bar last week. Yeah, that's right. But yeah. maybe after this week he will because he took an L. Yeah, okay, because yeah. Austin Theory. Uh, so Finn goes up top to go for a coup de gras on Dolph. Austin Theory runs out, takes a selfie with Finn when he's on the top rope. Finn gets off the top rope. Hits the clothesline on Theory, knocks him to the floor. And then as he's like staring at Theory, Dolph hits him with a zigzag to get the win. And then Austin Theory hits the ring to take another selfie with Finn. All these matches we're talking for the most part, the first, everything before the main event, as I said, most of them shorter than 10 minutes. A lot of them way shorter than 10 minutes. Have you, um, <laughs> sorry, somebody in chat made a funny joke. <laughs> he said, Finn hangs a mean roll of dimes and Priest respects that. <laughs> I've never heard that phrase before. Finn hangs a mean roll of dimes? <laughs> what the heck, dude? Wow. No, wow. no lies detected. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, I don't know. The, the actual selfie Austin Theory posted on, on social media. Finn's, oh, face, on the top rope. Finn's yeah, face is pretty funny. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> Anyways, uh, after that, we had uh, Nikki Cross backstage, Nikki A.S.H. backstage, trying to explain to Rhea Ripley why she sucks, and Rhea tries to pepper up, says, hey, man, you're great. You won money in the bank. You cashed in successfully. You have that champion mentality. I want that. I'm kind of a loser. And then she, like, spilled her guts about not being able to beat Charlotte, and Nikki's like. That was well done. That was it well was done. well done. It was well done. Nikki's like, hey, man, I appreciate that. No matter what, I got your back. And then we had Rhea Ripley versus Lena Vega. Uh, yeah. uh, Nikki totally ended up being a liability, though. She chases Carmella into the ring, gets her ass super kicked. Rhea goes down to check on her. Zelina rolls her up for the win. Yeah, and it was like less than a minute. It was super short. The promo that Carmella and Zelina had beforehand was longer than this match. I oh, like. that's right. Yeah, they had a thing where Zelina was just running down the crowd the whole time. 
Yeah. Uh, Zelina's promos are pretty funny. It was a bit long, but it was they're pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Her switching in and out of her like elegant English accent, her royalty accent, and then yeah. just like yelling at them is pretty funny. It's pretty. It is pretty funny. Uh, so after that, we get Seth Rollins. He's going over his strategy backstage with himself. He's just kind of, if I do that, then that, and then Kevin Owens walks to him, walks up to him. Uh, Seth is like, "What are you doing here? What do you want?" And Owens tells him to calm down. He says, "I think I should go out there ringside with you." Because Lashley is MVP, and Seth says, no, I don't want you anywhere out there. Uh, He says, you tapped out uh, to Lashley before you've got the Hurt Lock in. And Owen says, of course I did. There's no escaping the Hurt Lock. So why risk getting injured before day one? He says, that was smart. And that's why, Seth, you should take my advice. Let me go out there with you, and then we can take care of this together. And Seth says, I don't know what's going on in your stupid little brain of yours. And Kevin Owens kind of says under his breath, oh, great plans. Um (laughs) <laughs> and and oh, Seth says no. Your plans don't work out well for me. So stay, stay, stay here backstage while I go out and try to figure out a way to beat Lashley on my own. And he leaves. And Kevin Owens says, "You're making a mistake." This would make for a killer tag team. It'd be a lot of fun. This would be a hilariously fun tag team. I don't think we're ever going to see it because we're probably six weeks away from Kevin, yeah, Kevin Owens being out the door. <laughs> Kevin Steen leaving. Uh, yeah, great plans when I leave WWE. Uh, after that, we had Seth Owen. I'm sorry, Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley. Uh, this match is not very long. Kevin no. Owens ends up uh, attacking Seth Rollins to get a, him the DQ a, win. A finish, to, a finish, which should have been the finish of this match. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, and it's smart. Yeah, and it's clever. Yeah, right. Yeah, and you could tell a story from here that provides some extra drama to this whole scenario. Have Lashley bully the ref. Have him destroy Owens and Seth ringside until uh, Sonya and Pierce give him what he wants. Mm-hmm. There's countless ways you can go about doing this that are more interesting than just Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville walking out. It's like, nope, it's not going down like that. We're going to restart at no DQ. Yeah. And then just for Lashley to hit Seth with a spear to get the win. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this could be interesting and fun, but it's not. Yeah. And it's frustrating. Um, after that, uh, Vince, so yeah, Lashley hits, uh, Seth with a spear for the win. Uh, Vince is in his office talking to Apollo Cruz and Aziz. Uh, Austin theory comes in and he just wants Vince's validation. Uh, he did Vince is like not impressed. And he's like, what, what, what do you want? Dad? What, what, you know, I'll give you a pencil. And this whole thing with like a pencil looks like he's going for his dick. Instead, he pulls out a pencil. He's got an eraser. This is the part that's important. I'm just confused by the whole fucking thing. So yeah, I don't know. Like the, like early on, is so so Austin Theory showing Vince the selfie he took. He's like, yeah. And Vince says that's impressive. No, not really. He says, do you think I should give you something for that? Like a pat in the back, maybe a trophy, maybe a participation trophy, maybe something really important, like my autograph on a doily. I don't know what that means. I have no idea what that means. Is that supposed to be funny? That, hmm, me? Because I, I, it's not. I, probably. It's not. I could see. I could see Vince making a. <laughs> and then Theory's like, well, maybe if I if I get a match, I can show you what I can really do. Yeah. And then Vince's like, you barge in here like we're friends or something, like we're bunny, like we're buddies, or at least that's what you want it to be. And then Theory's like, well, I did what you said, and I followed your lesson. And Vince just tells him to shut up. You're not my friend. I don't want friends. So I don't have any friends because I don't want any friends. You haven't impressed me yet. And that's what we did the pencil thing. Yeah. He says, 
this isn't the, the end that's important. This is. And I, don't know, I know there's no eraser on this particular pencil. But there was one on that one, yeah. Is your standard number two. Um, Rage, I still get it. Rage here in chat. I have no idea what the fuck happened. Rage says, T-Bar beat Apollo on main event. That's kind of shocking, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, after that, we had Ms. TV. Maurice comes down, runs down the crowd, introduces my husband, the most awesome person, Ms. Uh, Ms. comes down, and he has this whole video package where he endorses himself for the Hall of Fame. He's a surefire Hall of Famer. Uh, oh, yeah, without a doubt. Headliner, I mean, maybe not, but he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, it, I, I don't. There's too many bigger names. I mean, it's funny. On paper, he's totally a headliner. But at the end of the day, it's just Miz. Um, exactly. So Edge comes out. Uh, I'm just, again, nutshelling this. Tells Miz, I think you doubt yourself. That's why you talk so much. He says, I'm, he said, I, I tried to teach you a lesson in 2006. You didn't learn it then. I'm going to have to teach you a lesson at day one. Miz attacks Edge. Edge comes back, but Miz shoves Maurice in the way. Edge stops. Miz boots Edge. Maurice gets mad, slaps Miz, walks off. Mm-hmm. It's all a setup for uh, for a swerve. Yeah, it was well done though. Maurice was good in this. Yeah, Maurice is always good. Yeah, she is. Uh, then we get uh, Big E. He's backstage. Owens and Seth walk up to him. They're like, "Hey, you got this." Yeah, Seth tells Big E, "You're our last hope." And then Big E says, uh, "Don't come anywhere near the ring." He says, "I don't want your help. I don't need your help. I can and will beat Bob Lashley." And he says, "You want our match at day one? Your main triple threat. Stay far away." The whole time, Kevin Owens is like. No, you should listen to us. I got a plan. I got a very good plan. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. I wish we had had this Kevin Owens for the last, like, I don't know, year or two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, we had a Lashley interview with MVP. MVP says, now that it's no DQ, Lashley can inflict as much damage as possible, which brings us, oh, by the way, at some point during this Raw, we had yet another Veer Mahan is coming to Raw. It's, it's starting to feel like a rib at this point. It was October 25th that the first one of these debuted. It's almost two months. Almost two Do months. you know how long? I'm, I'm doing a, a video for WrestleJuice on this. Do you know how long Bracus's WWF vignettes went back in 96 mm-hmm. and 97? 273 days. Wow. They started running vignettes, and he had two excursions by the time he showed up for WWF, he went to wow. USWA and then to ECW, and then he showed up in WWF. He was there for two months. The vignettes aired for nine months. He was there for two. How many? Uh, how many months did the Emelina uh, vignettes run? Those were long. It was a uh, hundred and like one hundred and forty days. Oof. Yeah. And she and that character was on for one episode. Yeah, like a minute. Yeah, she came out and yep. said her thing and then left. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, then we got our main event. This is a fun match. Physical. No DQ. Tables are involved. Chairs. Uh, there's this great bit where uh, uh, Lashley sets up a table on the floor right next to the apron. Uh, Biggie looks to hit his apron spear, put Lashley at the table. Instead, Lashley gets his knees up, ends up hitting the spine buster through a table set up in the ring. Gets the two raw rolls on. We come back. Uh, Big E dumps Lashley on the ring steps. And that looked like a rough spot for Lashley's lower back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Sucked. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, he puts Lashley back in the ring. Big E's looking for a big ending. Lashley escapes that. Looks for a hurt lock. Big E escapes that. Uh, Lashley hits the spear. He's going over to make the cover, and that's when Owens and Seth run out. 
They start beating up Lashley and MVP. Uh, Big E gets up and tries to fight them off. Instead, he gets overwhelmed. So you got Lashley brawling with Seth, and then you got Big E and Kevin Owens. They're fighting to the floor. Owens tries to powerbomb Big E through that table set up on the floor. Instead, Big E hits a Uranagi on Owens, puts him to the table. Shortly after that, Lashley spears Seth to the table. So Lashley's selling the spear. Big E gets in the ring. He's telling Lashley to get up. Let's finish this. MVP sneaks in the ring, hits Big E in the knee with his cane. That's one consistent thing they've been doing with Big E is that he's got the the bum leg. Mm-hmm. He's got the yeah. bad leg. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Lashley follows with a spear to get the win. Yep. Yeah. No, that was it was legitimately a good match. It was fun. It was a good match. Yeah, yeah. Big E's putting a lot of really brutal uh putting on a bunch of really cool brutal matches. Mm-hmm. That was good stuff. Let's go ahead and answer some questions. If anybody here in the chat wants to ask us some questions, please highlight your message using your channel points. Um, this is interesting rage here in chat. I noticed this a few moments ago said bully Ray and Tommy dreamer talked about the pencil stuff with Vince on busted open and brought up how he can pencil you in. And if he's hungry and can't get food, he will easily erase all plans of you. Wow. Tommy dreamers back on busted open. Or was this like a while ago? That's a good question. Just curious. Um, let's see here. Of course. Uh, we've got a thread over here on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. If you enjoy going in raw and would like the show ad free in the oh, audio realm, Rage says he's back. Okay. Um, and if you want the show ad free in the audio realm, uh, you can get it. Patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. $5 a month gets you the show ad free. Plus both of our bonus episodes. If you just want to pay $3 a month, you can get the show ad free with no bonus episodes. Um, at goingandraw.supercast.tech. Crispy McGrizzle asks, rank the top three kayfabe places that Veer is instead of on Raw. Ooh. I mean, the, 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 is this in kayfabe or just period? Uh, in kayfabe. Oh, all right. So catering, I can't say. Catering, I think, has been, at least it's kayfabe in AEW. All right. Then catering is is both the kayfabe and and in reality correct answer. You think he shows up? You think he shows up in case they're going to use him? Yeah, probably backstage, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Blake Whitehouse says, "What's something that Raw does that you enjoy more than what SmackDown? Wow, than what SmackDown and AEW does?" So, I will say this: on a good episode of Raw. They manage their main event scene in a way like the pieces they have in the main event to me are more unpredictable than on SmackDown on SmackDown. It's Roman. It might be Brock come day one, but if it's not Brock, it ain't going to be anybody for a long time Mm -hmm. with that with that universal championship, at Mm -hmm. least with the thing that's happening right now. Owens Rollins, uh, Big E Lashley. Now, even you can go over to Edge Riddle Orton. There's a lot of moving pieces there that could land in that top spot. It keeps things unpredictable. In the main event scene, I do appreciate that. Yeah, I'll agree with that. That's a good answer. Quoth uh, Raven, isn't Darby Allen going to be the new Jackass movie? I think so. I Is thought I that? heard yes, but then I thought I heard no after the fact. So I honestly don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, Muted Mayday, anyone know what Becky's gear was inspired by? That was new gear. Yeah, I didn't know either. Maybe somebody in chat knows, but it, it was something seemingly very specific. 
Yes. I didn't even see what it said on the back. It was P A something, and I yeah, I, I couldn't tell what it said either. Um, let's see here. Uh, Imposter Naked Midian asked, "Do you think Biggie would be able to get away with his Seinfeld themed gear if it wasn't for WWE's relationship with NBC?" Oh, if, I don't think that matters at all. If Biggie was on Fox, I kind of feel like it wouldn't matter. I don't think that matters because just because Seinfeld ran on NBC, I don't think. NBC owns the rights to the it's show. It's on Netflix now. It's not on Peacock. It's on Netflix. Now. Yeah, yeah, because they weren't the ones producing the show. I think it was Castle Rock was the production company behind the show. So I think they would control the rights. I don't think I don't think uh, him being on Raw and being on NBC Universal Family Networks has anything to do with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine if he was on Fox and a network executive had some weird bone to pick with that, they, he'd probably have to stop doing it. But sort of a weird... I, I would doubt yeah. that would happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would too. Uh, let's see here. Uh, David asks, uh, considering that there seems to be some tension between Rhea and Nikki, who would pull the heel trigger first? I hope it's Nikki. I like the idea of the supervillain thing that one of our friendos suggested earlier. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, Die Hard Homer says Emelina was 134 days. Okay, that's what it was. October yeah. 2016 to February 2017. Yeah. Uh, uh, Moses asks, do you think there's any chance of any Ring of Honor wrestlers debuting at the Rumble similar to AJ Styles? Sadly, I do not think that would happen. Probably. Well, unless you consider Titan. Yeah, a Ring of Honor superstar. Yeah, right, a Ring of Honor superstar. I think Braun Strowman is going to come back at the Rumble. Uh, Shane's birthday tweet: Are Raw and Rampage becoming the show to watch for one match or moment, and the rest of the show is just there to fill time? You know, I think I think Rampage thus far has been on a week to week basis uneven, but it, it benefits from only being an hour long. So it even if it's does. uneven. At least, yeah, you're guaranteed pretty much both most weeks to get something, one segment, one match out of it that, that you could talk about. <laughs> and if you don't feel like you're wasting a bunch of time, you know, when you're only investing an hour into it, when you're investing three hours and hoping that you get something that's memorable after, out of an episode of Raw, oof. Mm-hmm. Oof. Yeah. Crossface Chicken Stain says, what moment in wrestling, if changed, could cause a Flashpoint-type Catastrophe. So, if I'm not mistaken, Flashpoint. I think I've only seen like the animated movie of it. It was a DC storyline where the Flash, uh, like his mom lived or something like that. Something happened where it changed a ton of the future and like a lot of stuff went to shit. Like the mm-hmm. Atlanteans were fighting the, I don't know, Wonder Woman people, Amazonians, I guess, something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. What's, what's one moment in wrestling? That would have changed a ton, a lot of future. Maybe the maybe the Montreal screw job to a certain extent. If that hadn't happened, then who knows if they would have come up with the Mr. McMahon character. Yeah. And if, without the Mr. Through. McMahon character, would Austin have had a, a strong enough foil uh-huh. to take him to new heights? Diard Homer has a good one here. Benoit. Had Benoit not done what he did, I wonder how different things would have been like with the wellness policy. If mm-hmm. thunder and paradise would have been a massive hit and Hogan didn't sign with WCW. Could have had sting in the NWO. Yeah. 
I wonder. Um, if Vin, I mean, honestly, the biggest one is if Vince was, if, if that's, if the prosecutors in the steroid trial were competent at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Lipkin says here, uh, answering that question, curtain call doesn't happen. Triple H wins King of the Ring. No Austin 316 attitude error doesn't launch. Oh, that wouldn't have mattered. He would have been huge regardless. Austin, it didn't, it didn't that the 316 thing was just like, in the moment, that was a big deal, but man, he would have been huge regardless. Uh, I'm just trying to do something. Ask could WWE Day One pay per view be a soft reboot, reshuffling of champions? I don't see why they would do it. I don't. I don't think there's any. They, I mean, they, there's the possibility. Maybe Vince is like really high on Lashley. He's like, man, I miss how things were when Lashley was a champ. Maybe Vince wants his uh, a Raw to have a Roman Reigns type guy. And he wants that to be Lashley. And maybe he thinks, okay, we'll put the title back on, on Lashley. But then if, if that was the case, why wouldn't he just have Lashley be the number one contender and have him dominate Big E, you know? Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I don't know. I mean, the, the, the day one thing is like you're protecting everybody. Back when it was just Big E versus Seth, I was like, oh, they might do a title change here. Now that they throw a million different people in the match, you're probably right. They're probably just going to protect Big E or, or, or have him keep that title. Yeah. Uh, Notorious LFG, what is left on the Kevin Owens goodbye tour of Unibus Sammy or another feud with him? After day one, he'll have, what, like 30 days left, allegedly, on his contract? Yeah, it's the end of the month, I think, his contract expires. Um, Maybe, I don't know, a brief thing where he puts somebody else over more? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's, I don't think they're going to give him anything special for his way out, though. No, it's going to be, you know, trying to get other people over Xavier Grace says, why is nobody talking about the Monday Night Raw episodes from 1993 anymore? I actually found those episodes to be more enjoyable to watch than any of the more recent episodes of Monday Night Raw. Yeah, they're also an hour back then. They're only an hour. We might. Yeah, we, we should put those on our if we start doing going in raw views in the new year. Put that on the schedule. Oh, uh, wow. Good question here from White Brownie. Which one hour show would you watch if only given one choice? NXT UK or Rampage? Oh, you know my answer to that. Yes, UK. It's UK, absolutely. You get the entire the thing is if if I only had 1 hour in my schedule every any given week um to watch wrestling it'd be UK because you get an entire you get an entire promotion in that 1 mm-hmm. hour. Mm-hmm. So for mm-hmm. me it'd be UK. Uh Don Wagner says I'm currently getting my ass kicked by allergies. What are you allergic to that is unfortunate? Right now it's it's not exactly an allergy. Allergy is an intolerance. It's eggs and chicken. Can't eat them. Wow. Yeah. I wish I could. Yeah. I don't think I'm allergic to anything. So I'm good. good Lucky go. you. I guess so, right? Been blessed by Jeebus. Anyways, that's going to do it for us. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.